0: Ronananian. I think auto repair is, is like a needle in a haystack sometimes. You're you're looking for just that. And it's always that least little part that you think of when you've exhausted all other solutions. It's sort of like that old saying, it's always the last place you look for it, that's where you find it. The uh,
1: traction control system light came on saying the traction was off.
0: And the reason they do that, Toyota, like a lot of the manufacturers, if it sets an engine fault code, they'll limit operation of vehicle stability control, whatever your name du jour is. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now...
1: We
2: baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday!
0: Welcome back. (laughs) Uh, From Tom and Tony and everybody and all the birthday wishes, I appreciate it. Yep, today's the Car Doctor's birthday. I am Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor. And uh, I turned the big six zero today. So rolling along six decades on the planet. And um, away we go. And uh, we plan to keep doing this for another six decades because obviously... Yeah, boy, sometimes that's how I feel come the end of the day. But um, just great to be here and be here with each and every one of you. And I've got to say, I've spent almost two and a half decades... Here on radio. So uh, it's kind of an interesting thing when you think I've been here a quarter of a century. Uh, it's just like, wow, where does time go? But uh, thank you for the kind thoughts and the birthday wishes. This radio show, if you're new to it, is um, is all about repairing your car. And um, it's really the past 43 years of me sitting down behind a microphone each and every week and talking to you about the things I've seen. And we have this conversational exchange, as some of the marketing flyers say. And then we kind of talk about it, and we come to a conclusion, and that's really what this show is. I'll stick with you right till the end, and uh, I don't give up because I think every car is repairable. There's always that last little glitch, that last little piece you got to scratch away to find in order to figure out what it is that's wrong with it. The phone number to get in here and talk to me is 855-560-9900. That's 855-560-9900. That number is 24-7. You can call when we're on the air. We're on the air Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And then we go out on the network, obviously, at all the affiliates. But uh, some of the affiliates take us live. Some of them take us on delay. Or some of you listen on podcast or podcast market is, is is growing each and every day. We're just uh, amazed by it, and we're thankful for it, and we appreciate you making us one of your choices for podcasting and listening, but you can call 855-560-9900, leave a message if we're not here, and a producer will call you back, put you in the lineup, and get you in the queue for the following week, and we can talk about it up here on air, and that's really where I want to do it because, number one, it's difficult to do one-on-one email exchanges, although I try, but you can imagine what my schedule is like during the course of the week, but just as important... While you're getting an education, somebody else out there with that problem, they're getting that education too. And that's what's really important to me, that I've helped as many people as I can understand why their car does what it does. More information at Cardoctorshow.com. Links there to the various podcasting sources. Tune in, iHeart, iTunes. And if you need me during the week, if you really need me, oh, Car Doctor, I'm desperate. Some of the emails I've gotten, Ron at Cardoctorshow.com, and I'll do my best, but no promises. I wanted to start this hour by talking about oil changes, and I think that if if there's one topic that comes up on a consistent basis, it's the oil change. When, how, by who, how much, where, what filter, what oil? I mean, the questions are just endless. And I'm here to make the case, if I were standing in front of the government and they asked me what did I think makes an oil change so important, I'm here to make that type of a case to you. An oil change is still the single most important thing you can do to the car. I don't care what the dealer tells you. I don't care what your father told you. I don't care what you think you know. Trust me. An oil change is still just that important. It's doing so much more than it used to. Oil lubricates and it cools and it it helps keep particulate and dirt and contamination away from the moving parts of the engine and deposit it into the filter. Yeah, it does all that. I'm going to say one, one, one group of words to you, variable valve timing, VVT. And the car companies all have different variations of it. They've all got their own interpretation of what it should be. But basically what they've been doing for the longest time is they're modifying camshaft timing. Think of a bicycle sprocket. If you drew two dots on the sprockets and they were lined up and that's the engine running straight up, They now advance that big sprocket just a couple of teeth or a couple of degrees to help give it a jump so it can drive that little sprocket better, harder, faster, quicker, more efficiently, and that's what they're doing to camshafts. They're altering camshaft timing as you go. How do they do that? (laughs) With oil. They've got a device in there, a valve actuator or a valve solenoid or some type of an electrical device that's commanded by a computer based on input information from cam sensors and other sensors, and they're using hydraulic pressure and the oil that's flowing through the engine to create a hydraulic circuit to move that cam one way or the other. And it's happening so fast, just so fast and so instantaneously in the blink of an eye. And in, in, it's happening 10 times in the blink of an eye. The oil is being hammered. We had a new customer, well, she tried to be a new customer this week at the shop. It was on Wednesday. And, you know, funny how an auto repair shop has a life of its own. Things happen. Things go wrong. Things that you just have no control over. The credit card machine broke on Tuesday. And after an hour and 15 minutes on the phone talking to the individuals at the credit card company, they informed us that because we have Verizon Fios and it's digital, they don't support digital because it's an archaic system. Hokey dokie. So since I'm thinking half the country is out there on Fios, if not better, this radio show is broadcast via Verizon Fios. So I'm just trying to think of what they're actually talking about. But bottom line, we had no credit card terminal on Tuesday. So we couldn't collect money from anybody. Fortunately, we know everybody, and everybody left us their credit card numbers, and we processed it on Wednesday when we got the terminal back. But in the midst of Wednesday, when we're trying to succumb to the or overcome the credit card machine problem, And then in between the credit card machine problem and one of the lifts in the shop breaking, so we were down one lift, we did three days' worth of work on one lift with no credit card machine, it was that kind of a week, in walks the new customer. Young girl, eh, mid-20s, early-20s, she's overdue for her oil change, just a little bit. I went out and looked. You know what a little bit is? 3,500 miles overdue, by sticker. So overdue. The oil was down one full quart, just touching the bottom of the stick and the hash mark. Now, she's driving a 2015 Jeep Cherokee or whatever it is, a Liberty, whatever the heck it was, but a 2015 Jeep with 10,000 miles on it. Well, 11,000 actually. And she's that late for her oil change. And, you know, I've got this new policy in my head. I guess I'm getting old. Maybe I'm getting to be an old crank. But you know what? If you don't have a relationship with a mechanic and you're bouncing around from shop to shop, something's wrong because there are some good shops out there and there are some great places to take your car and get it serviced. And if you think you're going to find somebody cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, take a look at how well that worked for healthcare, and then tell me what you think. So bottom line, I had to turn down this oil change customer. Number one, we couldn't do it. We didn't have the capacity. Number two, we we just were too much work. And the expectation level for her was so high, we just didn't think we could meet it, and we didn't want to disappoint her, so we sent her on her way and suggested Jiffy Loop. Why not? You know, sometimes you have to educate customers by sending them somewhere else so they realize the kind of service they're not getting. But what kind of shape is that engine in? And And that's my point. You know, it's 3,500 miles one quart down on oil. Variable valve timing. That's all you need to take away from this conversation. That's all you need to think about. Ingrain that and burn it into your head. 2012 Lincoln Navigator came in this week. It was running running on one bank of the motor. The other bank, the right bank, was kind of cockeyed. It had misfires going on. It really wasn't right. It had a variable valve timing fault. Turns out the actuator, the control device that changes cam timing, was stuck. And the way they work, they they flow oil through these passages that are the size of an eye of a needle, that tiny, smaller. And the bulletin from Ford specifically said and talked about oil change frequency and how important it is. How come we don't hear that when you're buying the car? So let me get this right. When we're buying the car, it's never change the oil, never do anything about it. Don't worry about it. It'll run forever. But when it breaks, the CYA clause that the marketing department comes out with is a bulletin for the service shop to sit there and make them aware that lack of oil changes and oil change in frequency can affect the quality of the oil and therefore affect operation. Some of the notes in the database in the pattern failure databases that I subscribe to talk about how VVT problems with certain car companies and certain engines can't even be repaired They require engine replacement on engines that would run perfectly fine, but there's too much particulate, too much grit, too much debris roaming around inside the engine. And it makes engine replacement requirement sometimes as early as 50,000 miles, 45,000 miles. So when I sit here and I talk to you about oil, because this is the bottom line. I'm not up here for my health. I'm not doing this because I just like to hear the sound of my voice. I'm doing this because I can show you real-world scenarios, case scenarios, car-by-car, where lack of oil was the problem. Lack of oil changes. When I tell you use a Wix filter, it's because I use Wix filters in the shop. Because I know Wix makes a great product. I know their filters do what they're supposed to do. When I tell you WixFilters.com and I tell you go look at their filter line we start talking about oil change intervals and how some filters will go longer, yeah, that's what Wix is working on. Go to WixFilters.com, read about it. When I talk to you about Pennzoil and I, I tell you about their website and we start having conversations about quality oil and Pennzoil Ultra Platinum, you know what? That's because I know It works. Oil is the single most important thing you can do to the car. So if you're not changing the oil, every 5,000 on synthetic, every 3,000 on conventional, if you're going 10,000 on synthetic oil changes, good luck to you. Let me know how that works out. Call me if you got eighty or 90,000 miles on your car. I want to hear what kind of problems you're having or have had. Chances are I bet you don't even have the car because most of you are getting rid of it on a constant basis because they don't hold up. Probably because they're not getting their oil changed. 855-560-9900. If there's anyone left out there on the sound of my voice after this opening conversation, I'll be back right after this, and we'll kick the garage doors open. Don't go away. Ronanian. Hey, 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 Ronanian. I wonder, wonder what the theme music is to Star Wars. Is there like, what I mean, you know, words. Is there words to the Star Wars theme? You know, like, Star Wars. I don't think having, so. No? Okay. Let's go back and fix cars. Um eight five 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 six zero. I was just wondering. I mean, I'm just, you know. I'm having a I'm having an old man moment.
1: You have a lot of time on your hands to worry about a, a theme song that came out in the late seventies. Well,
0: but did you ever think about it? Could they make Could they make theme mute you know words to go with the theme of Star Wars? How would that sound?
1: I, I don't know, but it would sound great if you weren't singing it.
0: Well, that's true. <laughs> well, I have a very good musical tone. You know, my father always encouraged me to play an instrument. He always said, "Can you play far, far away?" I said, "Well." Um, let's go over to Richard Wheeling, West Virginia. I can see it's going to be that kind of a show today. Richard, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help you?
3: Uh, when your show first started, you were saying that, say, okay. Yes, but, sir. But, like so When your show first started, you were talking about every car is repairable. Yeah. And I don't know that, it, I don't know that this one is. And if it is, I don't want it to be repairable. I, I want another one.
0: Uh-oh. What happened?
3: Because I got myself a 2016 uh, Toyota Camry. And what I was doing, I was trying to sort this up. I was just sitting at a ballpark, and I had it put in park. And I went over to the bulletin board, left the left side door open. I went over to the bulletin board to check to see what time the games were being played. And I came back about two or three minutes later. And when I went to get inside the door, in the car, just inside the door, I went into reverse. And I tried to jump into it. But I couldn't get in, and it knocked me down, and ran over me, and put me in the ICU for seven days.
0: Oh my God! But what I want to know,
3: what I want to know is, I called Toyota. They told me they sell millions of these cars, and with the safety features they have, and with the safety features they have, there's no way that it can go from park into reverse all by itself. And I just wonder if you've ever had any experience like that, because I know it did.
0: But they're telling me it I I haven't had the experience, Richard, doesn't mean it didn't. And I would have to say that, you know, now you're gonna have a question and I'm not a lawyer and I'm not giving out legal advice, but I I think that if you really believe this is what happened, then I'm not saying it couldn't have, then I would I would sit and talk to a lawyer, a product lawyer, and explain the situation to him and ask him how to proceed. Because you know, on one on one aspect, Toyota's right. They sell millions of those cars. I haven't heard of this particular problem. But you're the witness you saw it happen. Not not to say that it I can't. Would, Somebody's gotta be first, right? It's gotta happen to somebody first.
3: That's why I thought I'm the victim as far as I'm concerned, because it uh I mean this this plane all ran me over. If it would've been six is this plane I'd be uh I wouldn't be calling the law in Amy Carcel, I'd be dead. Right. But it's just like it's just like when I had that and even uh, just something here. I'm just sitting in local college right now where I'm calling it. And I pulled up to the curb, and I guess I didn't get all the way up, but I probably sat there for 15 minutes. And the next thing I know, the car just starts moving on its own. The engine was off, and it just started moving. And I looked down, and it was in drive. So I just think this car is a death trap. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, did I contact the lawyer? Yes, I did. I contacted seven of them. Nobody would take my case. They said that this is a, uh, it would cost tens of thousands of dollars to even get this into court. And so there's nothing they can do. And it's just like, you know, I mean, after getting run over and having this in my life that every time I think I'm going to get in a car, whether it's this one or something else, it's going to go into reverse by itself and run me down. You know, that gives you... uh that's going to stay with me for the rest oh, of my Oh yeah, you're
0: never, you're never, you're never going to be comfortable in that car, absolutely. And I'll tell you what. Now, in in to argue the case from your side, if that's an electronic shifter, which I believe it to be, uh, you know, if that's an electronic shift assembly, and that would be my question. Nobody can tell me that's infallible. Look at the problems Jeep had with their electronic shifter assembly, such that they had to recall the vehicles and repair them. And unfortunately, the one actor from the new Star Trek movies, I can't think of his name, had the problem, right? He was killed in California where he put the car in park, went down the end of the driveway to get his mail, and the car jumped out of park, rolled down the hill, and, and killed him. Um, uh, the one who played Chekhov. Um, I can't think of his yeah, name, I the heard. young actor. Um, so- I heard about that, but this one here, I don't
3: know what you mean by electronically. This is one where in order to start the car, you got to push it on the brake. Take the gear shift, push it through the right, and then pull it down. It won't go straight down; it's got to pull down. Well, they were also telling me that you might have had it in between park and drive, and that's why it took so long for it to go in reverse. Well, I tried it five times, and there's no way that it's yeah, ever going to be in reverse.
0: Richard, I get it. The clock's going to take me. Welcome back. Ron and the name of The Car Doctor, here eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero rolling along on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Let's get over and talk to Ron in New Jersey. This better not be me on the phone. Ron, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir. How are you?
4: Good. How are you? First Good. of all, happy birthday.
0: Thank you, sir. Yep, yep. So glad to be here. What can I do for you?
4: Yeah, basically, I've got a 2002 Ford Taurus. And about three weeks ago, um, uh, a couple of times, the uh, uh, factory um, uh, security system, the alarm went off essentially in the parking lot, just spontaneously.
0: And the horn, and the horns go for, off, and all that.
4: Yeah, the horn, the lights, the whole yep, thing. Yep. Okay. And uh, basically, uh, I was gone for three weeks. Drove the car, and everything was no problem. Locked it, unlocked it, and uh, then it started to happen again, once or twice. And uh, so I, what I did is the first thing I disconnected the obvious sensors I could get to which was the trunk sensor and the uh, uh, hood sensor, and uh, the problem continued. So I took the car to the dealer to have them do the scan on it, and uh, they scanned the PAT system, and they didn't see anything. And uh, now I brought it home, and it's almost uh, happening more uh, uh, often. And also now when I drive the car, you'll hear the, uh, uh, the, uh, the locks, the locks all the way going, uh, tempting them i the doors again and again.
0: Right, it's hunting.
4: As I'm driving.
0: Right, it's hunting. Right. Yeah, I know, um, that's the feeling yeah, I have. No, it's, it's hunting, it's looking. Listen, here's the deal. This has a GEM module, generic electronic module. This is like the forged version of the body module in this year car. And right. it, it, it controls all the uh, security and uh, exterior lights, and a, a lot of the body functions are contained within that, all right? Mm-hmm. If you have the proper scan tool, uh, the Ford IDS will do it. I know the launch tools will do it. I just found it on the new launch seven inch tablet that I'm road testing for them. Um, the if you go into gem data and look at there's a PID in there. There's a piece of information, it's maybe abbreviated to AL underscore EVT, alarm event. All right. What mm-hmm. that is, is that's a running log of the of, of the last eight times the alarm went off showing what switch set the alarm. Mm-hmm. Okay if nobody and i'm surprised the dealer didn't do this but then again depending upon the age of the tech and the dealership they may not be aware that it even exists that this mm-hmm. this functionality is there but i can tell you this the switches that'll trigger the alarm short mm-hmm. of this being a wiring a wire that's pinched or a uh, you know a faulty module something extreme you know go for simple first run the switches right. that are going to trigger are the four doors like you said the door switches the lift mm-hmm. glass if it's a wagon or the trunk or right. the, uh, don't forget the cylinder tamper, you know, the um, if you have uh, do you have keyless entry in this car. Yes. Uh, sometimes keyless entry can do it. Uh, the hood switch and the panic button on the remote keyless entry uh, fobs. You know, those are the typical things. Usually this is a door switch. Mm-hmm. All right? This is one of the door switches. And what I've been known to do on the intermittent one, and I've gone into the alarm event pit, and I, I may not find anything. What I'll do is I'll take a shot of a lubricant. And usually I use Gibbs. I use Gibbs around the shop, shop all the time. You hear me talk about it. And mm-hmm. if you're familiar with when you close the door where the striker goes into the yes. latch where it catches it, I'll, yes. I'll shoot some Gibbs into that and let it drip down. Mm-hmm. And it will usually catch the end of the dowel of the micro switch that's inside the latch assembly, and usually the problem goes away, or at least and I choose to do this one door at a time and wait, at least I know which switch is bad. If the problem Mm -hmm. goes away after I lubricated it, I know which switch is bad. depends on how much Mm -hmm. time I want to take. The switch has such a short throw on it. I don't think it has a sixteenth of an inch worth of throw. It's probably measured in millimeters. So it's just an electronic switch that's gotten worn out and sticky, and it'll change with temperature. It'll change with vibration. It'll change... For all sorts of reasons, but the door switches are the most common.
4: Now this AL underscore E V T basically uh, that would say the it would show me legitimate uh, reasons the alarm went off. Eventually. Yes. It should, and what, absolutely. But, what doors
0: absolutely. Okay. And what you can do is if that's clear, let's say for let's say for conversation after everybody's fooling around with this and you unplugging things and now it's confused and it shows zero or it shows the trunk which you had just disconnected. Mm -hmm. hook everything back up, and set off the alarm. Mm -hmm. You you should be able to then, once you turn the alarm off, go into the GEM module with the proper scan tool and look Mm -hmm. at the alarm underscore EVT, alarm event PID, and just verify, Mm -hmm. yes, I triggered it by the trunk, and it said trunk.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, now you know the system's functioning correctly. Now you can wait for the next time that it fails, and if it says left front door, you know which switch to change. Okay. All righty. All right, sir. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, You're very welcome. You hang in there. Um, It's 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 diagnosis, folks. It's not it is rocket science in a a way. It's not magic. And it just takes some careful planning and some thought process. And listen, I can't tell you how many times during the course of the day at the shop I will say to somebody, I don't know. I've got to do some research. Uh, I quoted Einstein this week again. Right. Einstein once said, listen, everybody has to do research. Don't be ashamed to admit it to anybody. I'm not. And, uh, you know, this is Einstein, all right? Um, You know, he also made a comment about everybody struggles with math, especially me, but I think he was just kidding us. But um, the point being that everybody's got to do research because cars today have just gotten to be that complicated. Let's pull over and take a pause, 855-560-9900. When we come back. We're going to Jacqueline in Bohemia, New York, 2013 Dodge Dart. Stay tuned. We're back right after this. Hey, welcome back. We're on the car doctor eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Glad to have you here with me. Let's uh, talk cars. Let's go over and talk to Jacqueline Bohemian, New York, twenty thirteen Dodge Dart. Jacqueline, what's going on?
2: Hi. Yeah. So I had recently purchased a Dodge Dart two thousand thirteen around January, and now I'm having two transmission issues with it. It broke down about three to seven times, and about I'm gonna say like three and a half weeks. Ouch. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I finally got someone to look at it after maybe the fourth time, or fifth time it broke down because I kept on going back and forth to my dealership where I bought it, which happened to be a Ford dealership. Right. But then they sent me away to go to Dodge because I would have better coverage because they were still under a warranty. Right. And then I went there. And he did diagnostic and said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your car, even though the, uh, sorry, the engine light was on with also it read, gear not available, service transmission, and auto stick unavailable. And then when he went to look at it, all of that went away. So I went, okay. Then I drove it possibly another week after, and then it shut off completely on me on the highway.
0: So where does it, where does it stand now? Has anybody made any repair attempts, or the car still broken?
2: Well, the first attempt they did was when I broke down on the highway. Was they first said they weren't going to even look at it for like a week or something like that because they were too packed. Right. And but then I said this is a safety issue. I can't move this car. It will only go fifteen miles or so on a highway that was sixty five.
0: Right. Well yeah, it's right. also it's stuck in limp in that moment. Yeah. And and, yeah. and there are there are a few recalls on that car for transmission yep. issues, shifting into neutral. Uh there's 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 a few software updates for that vehicle for shift logic. So there's clearly some work from the factory that some changes they've made. To help improve the performance sure. and reliability.
2: Um, but what?
1: Weak question. Weak question.
2: But what I ended up doing was when I did break down the first time, I barely just luckily got it to the to my mechanic. Well, it wasn't personally mine. They just recommended me going somewhere, and I got there. But it took me roughly about like forty minutes to get there when it was about a fifteen-minute drive. Right. And they ended up saying, Oh, like they started to like it took them like ten minutes if to throw the pieces together when I started to explain to them what was going on. And they're like, Let me look something up and then they found the recall you're speaking of, which happened to be the transmission control module number R 42 Yep, that's and the recall. Yep. 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 They ended up fixing that and then I thought, Oh, everything was fine, that's great. I have no problem. So then I ended up taking a trip to uh, from Pennsylvania, and then I went to go take a trip to see my family in, in Bohemia, New York. And then my car ended up breaking down on me after, it was about two and a half weeks after I got my car back. So I was like, okay, what's going on now? I just had a recall done. So I went down you know, to no one not to do my thorough like, diagnostic or anything when I gave it to them in Pennsylvania. Then they ended up telling me there was a problem with the transmission again. It was code PO99 and P1C99. Right. Which happened to still be under the warranty. But the whole entire time, it was a mess and a half because I was from out of state. No one was helping me, really. Neither was my Dodge customer service or Chrysler's because they all wanted to keep on pushing it back because everyone was too busy, even though, like, my car broke down within, like, how many times in just one month.
0: So your question to me is what, sweetheart?
2: And what can I do with this car? Should I? Uh, is it worth keeping? Should I find another one? Is it, like, because this is, like, it's their big job. job. Like, it's a transmission issue, and right. it's already down a few times on me. Right.
0: Let me, let me ask you a question. Um, how, long mm-hmm. you, how long have you been driving?
2: Me? Yeah. Uh, since 06.
0: Okay. Do you have a regular mechanic that you go to and trust?
2: Well, since I moved, no.
0: Okay. So the first thing I need you to do is find somebody reliable, somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. All right. Because, you know, I'm on this kick where I'm going to convince everybody they need to have a relationship with a mechanic. You gotta find mm-hmm. somebody you can talk to. Because look what's going on. All right, you're 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 a female. Nothing with mm-hmm. nothing wrong with females. I raised three daughters. All right, and I taught them all the same way. You know what? You got to stand up because people, garage mechanics are brutal when it comes to women. I don't understand why, but my yeah. my my species is bad with this. Bad. All right, and mm-hmm. I I try to empower all the females that I come across to say, hey, you know what? develop a relationship with a mechanic, get him to be the person you can talk to. My concern here is that it's bounced from garage to garage. I think Mm -hmm. I heard you say you bought it from a Ford dealer as a used vehicle, I'm assuming. So you bought it from a Ford dealer. Here's my argument for why you don't buy a Dodge from a Ford dealer or a Toyota from a Honda dealer and so forth, because they're not familiar with the product line and they can't fix it. So they tend to push you away onto the next dealership of that product line who's too busy because you didn't buy the car from them, and it snowballs into the mess that you've got here. That mm-hmm. that being said, what I would like to see done here is one mechanic, a qualified mechanic, do an evaluation, what sort of shape is this in, and do you hang on to this car? It's performing okay right now? Yes, I
2: drove it honestly probably like one time since right. I got it back since Monday.
0: Well, th- then I think it's got to be where you've got to drive it, you know, put 200, yeah. put 200, put 250 miles on it. Take a little ride, mm-hmm. take a little ride on a Sunday where if it has a problem, you're, you're, you're ready to deal with it and get it towed or what you have to do. But get it, drive it, no problems, get it evaluated, make sure all the software enhancements and updates are done to both the engine and the trans control modules. And let's see where it goes. But, uh, you know, get rid of the car? No, nah, I don't like to get rid of a car because some mechanic didn't follow procedure and do it right. It's too expensive for the consumer. But if uh-huh. the mechanic comes back and says, yeah, you know what, X, Y, Z is wrong. It needs a trans. It's not under warranty, something like that. That's uh-huh. a, that's a story for another day. I want to make sure you're not missing a great opportunity to have a good car just because some mechanic did a lousy job, period.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So Okay, so you said which
2: did I get checked out by...
0: Well, I'm saying drive it, put 250 miles on it, then get it checked out by a qualified mechanic, somebody with a factory or dealer-level scan tool, somebody that has the ability to go in and look to see does, do, are there any flashes or software updates that need to be done to the car, and somebody that can deal with it at the proper level, somebody that going forward is going to service the car that you can go in and trust. And know that when they tell you something, that's the real deal. That's what the car needs. Because the guys in the dealership or wherever you've been going, they've been giving you baloney at a dollar fifty nine a pound. And I don't think you're liking, you're enjoying the sandwich. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Jacqueline, if you need me, you know where to find me. I'm Ron and the Car Doctor, and I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron, I'm and The Car Doctor. Let's go over and talk to Don Williamsport, PA. Don, we've got a minute. What's going on?
1: Hey, Ron, just have an update for you on the 05 Yukon Denali I yes, called sir. about yep, last sure, week. With,
0: with the airbag issue, sure.
1: Took it, yep, <laughs> took it to the dealer, like you said. They hooked it up to the scan tool, came back and said the crash module on the front passenger side was out, and the control module needed a new one gave me a bill for $1,057, and I said, no way, and they said, you can't drive it like I said, yeah, I can, I said, that, he told me the module was non-programmable, and I had to buy a new one, well, anyhow, we did some research on it, we found airbags.com will reset that module for $49, and have it back to you within four days of shipping.
0: Isn't that interesting? Ship,
1: shipped it out. yeah. Go
0: ahead. I was going to say shipped, it just—it it it's, it's, it, just—it makes you wonder, though, why the manufacturer says one way and these guys do it another, and it worked. Right, I'm and sure this is gonna, all
1: these people do. Right,
0: I'm sure you're going to tell me you sent it out and shipped it back and it works and everything's fine. The lights out.
1: The lights out, and they well, they had programming and everything on this bill. So uh, we also went to Amazon and bought the front crash module. $63. We have $130 in the vehicle and
0: it's fixed. Now, the question is is the Amazon part GM or is it something Chinese offshore?
1: Nope, it was GM.
0: Well, then you know what? That's the power of Amazon. My concern with airbags is will they work in a crash? And I bet there's a lawyer involved here somewhere. That's why they've got that procedure. Don, I appreciate the info. I got to go. I'm running into the car doctor. See ya.